Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Unrealist. If you want to learn more about making affordable housing possible by making it profitable, today is your day. Uh, but first, our unreal stat of the day. And it's that according to the National Low Income Housing Coalition, there is a shortage of 7.2 million affordable and available rental homes for low income renters in the United States. That's a, a crazy number, and we're going to talk more about that. Uh, but first, allow me to introduce you to Atticus LeBlanc. Uh, he's the founder of PadSplit. PadSplit is a housing platform that provides affordable shared housing solutions for low-income individuals. PadSplit properties are typically single-family homes or multi-unit buildings that are divided into private bedrooms and shared common spaces such as kitchens, living rooms, and bathrooms. Atticus, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Kyle. Really appreciate the opportunity to be here. So what is PadSplit and what makes it different from other more traditional approaches? Absolutely. Uh, great question. Uh, PadSplit is a marketplace, not unlike Airbnb, uh, but where we align incentives between renters who typically cannot afford or access traditional housing opportunities based on their income uh, and owners who are looking to increase their returns. And so we sit in between those two groups and, and make those things possible for both. And how do you make it possible? What's, what's the unique take? Yeah, so uh, it, primarily we're shared housing today. And if you look at, like, let's start with your your unreal stat, 7.2 million uh, that are homes that we need today for uh, for low-income individuals and families. And uh, why, cannot, why can't they uh, access or afford traditional housing? It comes down to a couple different things. One, uh, uh, traditional property managers are underwriting at three times the, the monthly rent as an income requirement, which means that if you have a $1,000 a month apartment, uh, you're talking about $40,000 a year in income. Well, guess what? Most metro areas, their average one bedroom is not 1000 bucks; It's like 1800 bucks. Well, that's $65,000 a year. So ask yourself, how many people make less than $65,000 a year? Uh, it's a huge number of, of renters in the, the general population today. And uh, so you need to be able to qualify those individuals that make, whether it's less than 65 or less than $40,000 a year. Uh, we make that possible because we are including all utilities, furnishings, Wi-Fi, and we're billing on a, <clears throat> excuse me, a per room basis versus, uh, an entire apartment or, or, or room. And so like for us, our average all-inclusive cost on a monthly basis comes out to around $700 total. Uh, and that's, with uh, utilities, furniture, uh, we report credit to the, we report on, on, on time payments to credit bureaus. Uh, we even provide access to telemedicine. And so it is much more accessible. Uh, the other barriers to entry for those individuals are minimum credit scores. We don't have a minimum credit score. Uh, they are, well, I can't afford the deposit. Okay. Well, there's only a, a, an average $100 move in fee. Uh, application fees are $19. And so you can access housing with no long-term commitment under our platform for about $119. And that is unheard of for any housing anywhere in, in the United States. So that's what makes us significantly different on, uh, on the resident side. And then on the owner side, uh, we are providing 2x returns on average historically since we started over five years ago. Uh, to those owners. And you do that because we set up each of these individually billing systems on a per bedroom basis. And the way that traditional real estate rentals are priced are first bedroom is the most valuable and they're then and the only one that is market rate truly. 
and each additional bedroom is diminishing returns from there. So if you look at a four-bedroom house or a five-bedroom house, your fourth or fifth bedroom is never worth as much as your, your first bedroom uh, in, a, in a traditional mm-hmm. rental environment. And so what that allows us to do as a marketplace is to say, okay, we're pricing by the bedroom. We've built the technology to be able to run by the bedroom rentals at scale. Uh, And so uh, we can bill around 60% of of a typical one-bedroom cost for each bedroom in in the home, but that is incremental return rather than diminishing. And so that fifth bedroom is worth exactly as much as, as the first one. Uh, or the sixth or the seventh. And so you you end up seeing significantly more income generated from the exact same asset. Uh, or even if you take something like a formal dining room, which never generated any income for an owner that now generates $700 a month, uh, will those create real incremental differences in, in the cash flow of the property? And oh, by the way, there's never any true 100% vacancy uh, our collections rate has been consistently around 97 plus percent since we've started. Uh, and so there are a number of, of huge advantages of just a rent by the room model already that have existed for decades, if not millennia. And, uh, okay. and what we're so doing is, so, is so sorry those, to interrupt. Yeah. So, so you're saying what your software does is it makes it easy, easier for someone with a four bedroom home to rent that four bedroom home by the, by the bedroom. And also it helps sure. you yep. um, set up the, the common spaces, et cetera, as, as rentable space. Do I have that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, okay. whether it is one bedroom or 17, like it doesn't matter if you're, if you're single family, multifamily, have an individual bedroom, uh, we make that possible. Okay. And it's it's a it's uh, purely a software solution, or are there things that you're helping the uh, owner or investor to to do to help um, set up that home physically to be more more easily rentable that that way? Yeah, great question. So so at our core, we provide tools, information, and incentives, and we are a software company. Uh, we do have services side of the business where uh, we can help be on the ground management as well, but historically what what we have done are the things that individual owners and investors in the marketplace either cannot do or do not want to do. Uh, And so we specialize in those particular services, which are all through the technology company. Uh, It breaks down more or less into into three categories. Uh, Demand gen, there's no consolidated source of, of demand gen and getting prospective residents through the funnel and into rooms really quickly. Uh, especially if you're talking about lower income rent by the room. The second thing is payments processing. One of the reasons why our effective collections rate is so high, even though we're talking about low income, low credit individuals, is because we're billing all-inclusive by the week or customizable based on payday. Uh, but that means it's a ton of transactions that uh, that really requires a, a technology solution. And then the, the last piece is the, the member management, uh, communications tools, uh, and, and from a customer service perspective, how do you deal with questions like Susie ate my peanut butter, Johnny's playing his music too loud, uh, all of those sure. types of things that, that cause a lot of owners some, some consternation. Okay. That, that's, that's super helpful. I, I think I get it. Um, okay. So if you could explain to me more about your vision, um, it, it sounds like, you know, or maybe even backing up, 
how did you choose this? It, it's such a uh, interesting sort of area to go after, you know, this huge deficit of, of uh, you know, affordable housing. Um, how did you choose that? And, and what is your vision for it? Yeah. So, um, you know, real quick, my journey started. I've been an entrepreneur for 18 years. Uh, the only reason that I have been able to be uh, an entrepreneur for, for that period of time and uh, remained above water is uh, I, I ended up buying a house out of foreclosure in 2003 when I was 23 years old. Uh, and I can go back to that individual decision and the equity that I ultimately built in the line of credit against that house. There are probably three distinct inflection points and in how I was able to leverage that real estate as a vehicle for my own financial empowerment and, and independence over time. Uh, I've owned and managed uh, probably 700 affordable units, uh, about 120 houses plus a bunch of multifamily. Starting started my uh, my housing career really uh, at scale in 2008 uh, when I just kind of stumbled into it. Didn't really have any money, but but had that line of credit, and and so it was extremely impactful for my own life. And as I got started in that business, I was on the ground in a lot of these neighborhoods and and doing in depth customer discovery. And was really disturbed by the fact that people who were working full time or who had guaranteed federal income in 2009 in the depths of the, the great financial crisis uh, still couldn't access the reasonable, safe and accountable housing uh, anywhere in the city of Atlanta uh, or anywhere in metro Atlanta. Hmm. And, uh, and so that was something I was percolating in the back of my head for a long time. Uh, I, I ended up in the shared housing business in 2009 because two guys who were renting rooms in just a squalid house next to me needed a place to go. And they came to me and okay. said, hey, can we rent rooms in your house? They told me how to do it. Uh, and I was comparing P&Ls of that model versus everything else in my portfolio over the next several years. And said, hey, <laughs> like this is a thing. Like We have this massive problem. I see it. Uh, you, you mentioned 7.2 million homes, like I, no problem believing that stat. And, uh, and I knew it at the time. And the question for me was, how do you make this scale? And so the vision for pad split, as I was comparing in late 2016, early 2017, the invitation homes own 50, 60,000 houses at the time model to Airbnb, which had 6 million listings. And I said, well, that's like that Airbnb thing, like that's how you solve that problem. And so how do I take okay. this model that I know works fundamentally and scale it? And that was the Airbnb uh, marketplace type of, uh, type of vision. And for us, that vision is create a world-class marketplace that provides the fastest and most effective solutions to the affordable housing shortage for low-income earners. Uh, and, and that is... Okay our clear, concise mission, uh, vision. And then the, the mission is still to leverage housing as a vehicle for financial empowerment uh, for those low-income individuals. I got it. I, I love that. Uh, I think it's a really important mission. Um, and it's a problem that it, it doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, it's, if anything, it's gotten worse. And mm -hmm. Where where I have faith in a lot of, of your listeners in the real estate market generally, like I saw how the my neighborhood and neighborhoods that I was investing in changed almost overnight from 2008 to 2014 uh, in the, the gentrification lens, uh, however you want to view that positively or negatively. 
but it was it like what changed those neighborhoods was not some major deal or some large source of government funding. It was hundreds or thousands of individual decisions by both owner occupants and small mom and pop investors. And just the power of, of that crowd was, was really impressive to me and gave <laughs> me conviction that if you want to solve this problem, like we have to solve it ourselves. Uh, and how do you tap into the incentives for all of those individuals uh, and show them yep. that, hey, guess what? Like affordable housing can be more profitable than that other thing that you're doing, whether you're flipping or doing long-term rentals or Airbnbs or what have you. Uh, sure. And if you could prove that, then guess what? Like they would scale and and we as a community would solve the problem. So let's pivot over to the to this renter experience. I'm I'm curious. What is that like? How is it different? Um, how much money are they saving typically? Mm-hmm. You know, what what is the renter experience like on your on your platform? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start with the savings because that one's easy. Eighty nine percent of of our residents report saving money. The average savings across okay. all members, including the ones who who don't, uh, is over three hundred and thirty dollars per month. Keep in mind wow. that's three hundred thirty dollars okay. a month. Uh, about $27,800 a year total income. So it's it's a huge mm-hmm. percentage of of their total income that that they report saving to us. Uh, and aside from from that obvious difference, the other major ones are imagine instead of paying a $75 application fee and waiting 2 weeks for uh, a, a yes, no answer. And then you have to put down one to three months deposit. And then you have to go move in and, and set up your utility deposits. Like it is a seamless experience that is almost as easy as booking an Airbnb. There is no long-term commitment. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, your yeah. application is approved or denied within usually a couple of minutes. Uh, and when you move in, if you have a problem with your home, fine. We have over 6,000 units on the platform. You can transfer very easily. You change jobs. You don't like the person who lives next door. Uh, Any reason whatsoever, worst case scenario, you pay around $100 for a a move-in cleaning fee to go transfer anywhere in the country. Uh, So that is wildly different. And, And in my view, like the most powerful tool or, or, um, uh, power that you can give to to a tenant or a resident is yeah, the power freedom. of choice. Yeah, it's it's freedom yeah, of choice. Yeah, I, I love that, and, and it's empowering the marketplace. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually super jealous now that I'm I'm understanding <laughs> um, what because so on our platform, you know, savings is our sort of number one value prop. I mean, there's simplicity and there's ease and there's all these things, but really we try to explain to people. But no matter what, like understand you're going to say we. You know, we we saved our average customer about you know twelve thousand dollars when they when they buy or you know buy or sell. Wow. Uh, wow! But there's this weird disconnect between like where that money is coming from and when it's mm-hmm. spent. Because mm-hmm. when you buy a home, well, let's say you're selling a home, right? You have this agent, and the, the, you know, t- typically people say, "Ah, oh, the six percent," and then we're going to split it. I'm going to get three percent. It's kind of confusing, but don't worry about it, and uh, because you don't pay until you, you sure. get to the closing. And uh, the the buy side, they're like, "Oh, like don't worry, I'm a buy side agent. It's free for you. Don't don't even worry. I get paid by the." Yeah. There's, there's all this sort of obfuscation of the money and where it, versus like mm-hmm. for you, it's like your rent is due this month. You can pay this amount 
or on our platform, you can pay that amount. <laughs> like it's, it's just so straightforward versus we're always trying to like explain to people, dude, you're, you're spending a lot of money when you sell your house, you know, it's, um, sure. but anyway, yeah. so well, I, I'm, don't, I'm don't be jealous, Kyle. Yeah. There, there is, uh, uh, it is an incredibly complex business. This is, I, I, again, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. This is by far the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, it is also the mm. most rewarding, but holy cow, uh, do we deal with some complexity, man? Uh, so, I'm sure. so yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. No, it uh, always seemed easier. Please, please don't be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we, we talked about the renter's experience. Um, one thing I want to get back to, you were touching on it before, but you know, I'm, you know, I'm a landlord, I'm an investor. Um, what is my experience? Why am I going to earn twice as much as I would, you know, doing this the traditional way? Sure. Um, yeah, please yeah. explain that. So, 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 uh, as, as I think about the, the landlord community generally, what, what do they want? Like, what are their two biggest value props for them? Like one, is it profitable? Two, is it easy? Uh, and so those are, <laughs> are the two things that we're trying to solve in taking this very complex model. And I'm sure listeners on, on your show, like the immediate thought go, goes to, that sounds like a nightmare. You're talking about, you know, <laughs> six plus strangers sharing a house. Uh, the, the dirty secret is, well, not really, not usually like, yeah, it happens. And we're built around, uh, accommodating those, those, uh, those instances when they do occur. And we've seen 14,000 stays at this point. So we've seen just about everything, uh, and then some, but, um, but it's, how do we make it easy and, and how do we continue to make it profitable? Uh, the profitability aspects are, are really straightforward. Like that part's not hard. Uh, it would be more profitable if you did it on your own. Um, and it's more profitable if you do it with us. So like just the basics, the basic economics underlying the, the business model, make it more profitable for rent by the room. Anytime you're talking about usually four or more rooms in single family and, uh, any, any more than two rooms in, uh, in multifamily, the biggest things that we do to make it easy. Number one, that consolidated source of lead gen, uh, we are we are better than anyone. I have no issues about saying that at at filling rooms quickly and getting people through that funnel and into rooms faster than anyone, no showings and making that seamless. And then the next part is how do we how do we make it scalable? Right. I mean, I ran a couple of shared homes on my own for years. We could do it. It's it takes some doing. Uh, it takes some operational sophistication. Uh, yes, it is kind of a pain in the butt. So how do I remove as many of those pain points as, as I can operationally? And that's ultimately, I think the, the secret sauce for us, uh, relative to investors is that, I mean, we have folks with almost 200 houses, uh, on the platform and we wow. have folks who have individual bedrooms on the platform. So the technology on the back end, like there's a custom built CRM, there are custom built communications tools. Uh, there's just a wealth of information about how do I do this thing at this point in time um, to to really make it easy and seamless for uh, for any investor or or even a homeowner. Okay, okay, that's helpful. Um, can you break down sort of just like the the, the typical ep economics, like you know the cust the, the customer has what size home. 
how much are they spending to sort of get on your platform? How much are they earning? You know, et cetera. It's like the simple breakdown. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wildly dependent across uh, the the use cases. Again, I and mean, we have over six thousand units. We're the the largest co living marketplace in the country right now. Uh, but I'd say, kind of average run of the mill home in Atlanta, uh, a uh, an investor is typically spending call it. Two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars on a house. Uh, they are furnishing the unit, making sure that it meets base minimum standards for HUD for every bedroom. Where there are two points of egress, they're doing some additional fire protection stuff. Uh, they're usually putting a uh, a Wi-Fi connected lock on the front door because our system will generate specific lock codes for each individual as they book. Um, they're typically, you know, furnishing the home. Uh, different investors have different strategies around: Do I put a common area? Uh, do I put TVs in the rooms? Uh, do I put anything in the kitchens from you know pots and pans or plates? Uh, so, so that's different. But on average, let's say fifty thousand dollars for a renovation, fix up, and and furnishing. Uh, and then if if they were going to rent that as a traditional single family home. In this market, maybe they're looking at a, a 4% unlevered return on cost, uh, whereas through a pad split model, they're probably looking at a 9% unlevered return on cost. Uh, and so wow. that's really, and that's on the additional expense as well that they would pay for uh, the the furnishings of the home that they might not otherwise do. It includes our fee being taken out as well. So that's that is a soup to nuts comparison. Okay. Okay. That's helpful. I like that. Um, okay. So I think you've covered most of my questions. My one I have that's kind of lingering is, is there any like, um, you know, compliance or zoning or geographic limitations to this, to this model? Sure. Great question. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the, the two, the two major hangups that a lot of investors have is, well, regulatory risk or headline risk. Uh, they they are either unfamiliar or kind of afraid of working in a lower income segment because as a society, we always think of low income, low credit, danger zone. And and I think we've, we've largely <clears throat> addressed that through the data. Again, 14,000 stays, effective collections rate 97 plus percent, average credit score under 500, average income $27,800 a year. Like, for most real estate investors, like their heads explode when they hear that stat. But it's true, and uh, don't believe it. Talk to talk to our owners. Um, the um, the other thing on on the zoning side, we qualify as single family in just about every jurisdiction that we're in, and we make sure that we have a colorable legal argument uh, around the definition of family in every jurisdiction that we are operating in. And for any hmm. any host that is challenged on the definition of family, uh, we will absolutely take that to the mat uh, because it's, it's just it's a fundamental human right, and uh, hmm. we think that there are significant issues around housing discrimination and fair housing generally, and we've been absolutely. very successful yeah. at uh, any time those have been challenged, uh, making sure that that those issues are set right in in jurisdictions. And yeah, we'll we'll go to the mat anywhere uh, that we're operating for uh, for those those zoning cases that you know maybe somebody started a uh, an unrelated 
uh, limit on unrelated people because they were concerned about brothels in the 1920s. And some of those laws are still in the books. Uh, but sure. uh, especially, yeah, especially for, in for not Georgia, huge. but I think some other other states in the South, they, they're still there, right? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. I mean, we have we have 83 oh, different jurisdictions in Metro Atlanta. We have 83 different definitions of family, Kyle. Uh, it's insane. <laughs> it is insane. And okay. I, I think the general public doesn't have any idea that those laws are still on the books where you can be in mm-hmm. one jurisdiction where it is six unrelated people plus four borders occupying no more than two rooms, plus as many domestic servants as you want. Like that's still on the books. Uh, and then you go okay. across the street and it's no more than two unrelated people. Uh, and oh, by the way, grandparents can't count as part of the family. Like some of these laws that are on the books would absolutely blow your mind. Uh, and so yeah, anytime yeah. you see some of that stuff that's still out there, like we'll, we'll go to bat on those all day, every day. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I think that, that wraps us up. Um, I think, you know, for me, some of the takeaways are that, you know, y- y- your vision is, is really, uh, sort of critical in an age where we have this 7 million, um, you know, sort of, deficit of available affordable uh, unit, uh, available, uh, affordable housing. Uh, yeah. we really, it's funny, like it's just this major demand and you're filling it with, uh, with your approach. Um, it, it's, it sounds like, um, the, the renters that are on your platform are, are saving a tremendous amount of money, uh, which is near and dear to my, my heart as uh, someone also, uh, runs a savings platform and that the, the landlords are, um, more profitable, which is, it's, it's interesting. It's like a very altruistic, uh, sort of virtuous circle that, that you've built, uh, which I think is, is Appreciate important. It. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're set up as a yeah. public benefits corporation for that, for that reason. I mean, we, uh, we're serious about creating impact. I love that. Um, and you're not, and you're not doing it. And there's nothing wrong with buy one, give one uh, impact, but I, I love that it's just, it's built into the core of your business and your message that every time somebody's you know renting, they're saving every time. I mean, it, it's, you don't, you don't have to do anything um, sort of extra for it to be working all the time. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Um, okay. So uh, this is my, typically my favorite part of the show, although I've, I've really enjoyed uh, hearing about your, your business. We're going to do a uh, fit check. Uh, and I brought right. one of my favorite pairs of sneakers today. Um, I don't even remember what these are called, but they're a new version of this uh, sneaker that Andre Agassi used to wear back in the 90s. And when I was Love a it. kid, I was obsessed with Agassi and I could not afford those shoes. So when I saw these, I bought them immediately as an adult. Uh, they're super comfortable and great for tennis, although they're, they're like a knit upper, so you can't really drag your toe. Uh, these are mine today. Nice. Love it. What you Love got? Uh, I am wearing uh, right now, they're probably, so I don't know if you've ever heard of the brand Olakai, but these were some of the original yes. Olakais. I don't know how old they are, but they're they're old. Okay. And they, they basically <laughs> feel like uh, bedroom slippers. Uh, but oh, I still wear them. I have not all seen the time. Those. Okay, and uh, yeah, they've gotten they've gotten pretty hip, and they have all sorts of different styles now. But uh, but at the time, they they just had these ones with the crazy soles, and uh, I still still love them, <laughs> still love them. And uh, yeah, cool. usually though, I'm I'm running, and Brooks Glycerin are my are my go to. Okay, yeah. So you're you're a, a, a serious serious runner. I wouldn't say ser- I wouldn't say serious now, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I know when everybody I, I somebody brings out the- for my sanity. 
Okay. When somebody breaks out the Brooks glycerin, I know that that's like somebody that runs miles. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, my, like I do my sub four hundred mile checked and and have to have to cycle my shoes uh, with some degree of regularity. Okay. All right. This is a serious runner. I like it. I like it, man. Uh, thank you for joining the show. Um, where can people find uh, Pat Split? Find you, uh, please, 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 the listeners know. Yeah, so uh, padsplit.com and we can uh, listen. We can we can help any host anywhere uh, in in the United States. And uh, if you're in uh, if you're in Canada or Mexico, we'll uh, we'll we'll try to figure that out as well. But uh, but yeah, pretty much any anybody in America, we can we can help you. And that's uh, that's another big part of the vision. So uh, just go to padsplit.com, and if you want to be a host, go to host. And if you're looking for more housing opportunities, then uh, then then register as a member. All right. Thanks so much for your time, Atticus. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Kyle.